0: To Trek Companion. This is episode one thirty nine. I'm your host Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry, and today we're discussing Star Trek Enterprise's third season episodes, Damage, The Forgotten, and E Squared.
1: Here we go. Wow. Damage, Season 3, Episode 19, Production Number 319. Original air date, April 24th, 2004. Directed by James L. Conway, written by Phyllis Strong. Music composed by Kevin Kiner and Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Casey Biggs as Illyrian Captain, Randy Oglesby as Degra, Scott McDonald as Commander Dolum, Tucker Smallwood as Zindi Primate, Rick Worthy as Jannar, and Josette DiCarlo as Spear Builder Woman. <laughs>
2: Enterprise is severely damaged after a Zindi attack. Fortunately, they break before she is destroyed. Although adrift, Enterprise encounters an Aurelian spacecraft, damaged by the geometric energy generated by the Delphic Expanse. Archer, who the Aquatics sent, sent back to Enterprise in an escape pod, attempts to trade with the captain, but he refuses to give up their sole warp coil. Meanwhile, the Zindi Council summoned a member of the Guardians, a transdimensional species. The Guardian admits to transporting the reptilians into the past. Upset, Dagra insists on further examining of Archer's evidence regarding the Guardian spear building connection.
1: I'm about to step over a line. A line I thought I would never cross. And given the nature of our mission, it probably won't be the last. Why not all right
0: damage um, I do have a little bit of a cold I'm gonna try to back off my usual verbose self uh, so that my throat doesn't get too scratchy here. Um, we'll see how successful I am at doing that since I do like to talk because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a podcast. Um, so Adam, why don't you start us on damage?
2: Damage well and I, I should
0: preface this conversation by saying uh, Adam texted me this weekend, That he can't wait to get out of season three, so I'm kind of wondering if uh, you dislike these episodes. Um, it's
2: it's not that I dislike them. Um, well, maybe I kind of do. I do and I don't dislike them. I'm like I said, I'm just ready to be done with season three and this Mishigosh. Because that's kind of what I feel. I Feel like they tried to do a lot in damage. I think they what, tried to do with all the shenanigans things. and goings on. Yes, 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 indeed. So, um, I think the last um podcast we did, I said I was a little upset about um how they handled Depaul and how she kind of froze up on Enterprise and while she was in command. And you both mentioned, well, she's still suffering from um, you know, that when she was had the mind meld and all that kind of thing. Well, finds in this episode that she's. You know, basically, you know, kind of on drugs, which honestly, I don't have a problem with that storyline with them exploring that. One of the crew members being, you know, um, addicted to some sort of substance for whatever reason. I don't have a problem with that storyline. What I do have a problem with in this episode is that they bring it up in this episode right now because you know i'm not in the military i, I don't, i've never been i don't really know how military justice works i mean she was kind of unfit for command when she took command in the last episode and to me that makes her character it's out of to, for me for me that seems to be very out of character for her and it makes her really look bad and um i think that's my biggest problem with this episode um is that they did this with her now, and I just want to emphasize, I don't have a problem with them doing it. Yeah, I have a private problem with them doing it now because 18 people died, and then her, you know, her and the doctor mm-hmm. are like, Oh, we'll just keep this under wraps. I'm like, N- No, sh- this is like a court martial offense. Well, um, so variation like they presented on, it, you know, so I, I did have your, a big problem with that.
0: My variation on your concern. So, uh, what, what bothers me more is that it feels a um, little roped in. Um, you know, I'm not going to do. Any, I saw Civil War earlier this week, and I'm not going to do any spoilers about, like Spider Man. <laughs> but you know, it feels a little roped in here that um, <laughs> that she has this uh, this addiction, and um, all they had to do was set it up a few episodes earlier, right? Just give me sure. one little shot here or there. That would have that would have mitigated this considerably, don't you think?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I said before, you can do this. I didn't have a problem with them doing it, I just had a problem with where they did it. And honestly, I mean, it totally ruined the episode for me because it just kind of made, made her look really bad, and I don't know why they decided to do that.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't, um, I don't know, I I, th- I do think it seemed kind of uh, like they didn't need another thing right here for that, you know, like why just spring that on us that she's been doing that. Um, I don't know that it's, it didn't strike me so much as, um, I don't know, It, it to me it's, it's kind of consistent with Vulcans in general that if someone were to get hooked on something like that, they would do all they could to hide it and carry on in that fashion and then just try to act like... You know, they can work through it, and so on and so forth. So I didn't, you know, I didn't think that was so unusual. But it did, it did seem like it, we didn't need like another thing going on. And then um, with everything with everything else, I, I did like how. You know, obviously the whole season is an arc, but I specifically like how this this picks up and all right, yeah. let's you know, I mean it's it's just it, it's kind of like what we're used to in TV now, as we've said many times before, but yeah. you know it's rare in trek and it's kind of like, oh oh cool, okay, we're back into this. and of course the uh, there was a there was a break between the last episode and this episode, and of course a break in us watching them too due to the podcast yeah. timing. And so I enjoyed that, you know, That's yeah, I pretty- know I made a similar note like the previous episode, this episode, the
0: next episode. Um, they really feel uh, serial in a way that's that's incredibly exciting and uh, modern, and 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 in a way that most of the season doesn't. Even though it is supposed to be one big storyline, it still doesn't really. F- we've talked about that. Still, most of the time, it feels like you know a normal episode with with a scene or a line that reminds us we're oh we're in the expanse and we're still looking for the zindi or whatever. Um, but the previous episode, this one, the next one, they really do feel like separate episodes, but are serial. You know, if I'd watch these three episodes together, and really I watch these first two together, like I, I would have a little bit of a hard time remembering what happens exactly in each one. And that's not a knock at all. It's in fact, it's kind of the opposite to me because as I often talk about, you know, what I love, I think of myself as a Trekker and what I love so much about Star Trek is this, is, is the the living, breathing universe. And, that this kind of stuff makes it feel that way. Uh, there are consequences, you know? Um, we see Enterprise in the worst shape, gosh, the worst shape we have maybe ever seen any um, Enterprise anyway. I remember sometimes maybe maybe Voyager was in worse shape, but, you know. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded have,
2: me of that, Um, what is that, the Year of Hell?
0: hmm yeah.
2: We kind of beat that crap out of.
0: Hmm.
2: Or maybe at the end of um, Star Trek 2 Which we were discussing in our pre-show was, Enterprise was in pretty bad shape there
0: You know, but it's not like The next it's episode a- all of a sudden It's in normal shape You know, they're recovering Every episode, even the last episode we're going to talk about Today, which is the one episode today That I maybe didn't care for um, Enterprise is still in a world of hurt You know, it's not like they woke up okay You know, so that is exciting uh, we've talked about yeah our excitement about the new uh, 2017 Star Trek show, and there have been um, rumors that it is it is going to be serialized and um, extremely so, and I th- we're all expecting that. But you know, very excited at that prospect. So that's what made these episodes, these first two anyway, today so enjoyable for me, um, and and they're they're still good. If they hadn't been good. Forget it. I don't care if it's serialized. You know, if it wasn't, but it was still, you know, it was good. And they're they're exploring stuff, and that's what. Despite my my skepticism at Paul's addiction, uh, which I feel because it feels roped in, it feels like they just came out of nowhere and they didn't set it up. We're just supposed to believe the last three months she's been dosing, you know, in the non-existent bathroom. Um, <laughs> uh without any without really seeing that um despite my initial skepticism I I do think they're doing it for a a good story reason between this and even even the third one we're gonna get to it's fair to kind of jump around a little bit because this is serialized right uh, but the, even the last episode today we're going to talk about it we're gonna see um to Paul decades from now looking back and saying you know if it hadn't been a it, it makes it, it it gives us a plausible explanation as to why she would have actually married Trip or why she's going to do that later. You know, it's a combination of you've already got a a Vulcan that's more interested in humans and emotions than most Vulcans. Uh, She's um, experimenting with this um, drug and well, our T'Pol isn't actually the one that's going to live in some generational ship. She gets to see of T'Pol, obviously. I assume that's someone she trusts more than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell her, if I hadn't been stuck here, maybe I wouldn't have pursued this. But, you know, it had great results. So add all that stuff together and you begin to understand how – you can have a Vulcan, you know, acting way in ways that, uh, you know, we're not expecting or used to seeing. Um, So uh, to get back to my, look, I'm verbose already. (laughs) Um, So while I'm, I don't care for the way it's roped in, I appreciate that they're, they're doing, uh, they're exploring character here and they're taking some kind of, Narrative chances, and it's it's also interesting too. And I'm not I'm not saying this to knock the other actors or anything, but um, I was kind of thinking. I guess this is they're giving her they're giving Blayla... they're giving the this actress all this stuff to do. They would do this kind of they're going to they're going to give Archer you know Scott big stuff. They're going to give Trip big stuff. You know, you do, you can't see them giving some of the lesser people taking a chance like this with some of the lesser guys on this show in a way that you could say on Next Gen um, or even I guess DS Nine. Um, I'm not sure why that happened. I, I don't. I, I I can't imagine they planned that. But this is some, this is one of the things I was kind of thinking about when I was watching it. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of the original series in that you know what. These are your stars. These are this is who your show's about. It's pretty much Kirk and Spock, a little, little bit of backup from McCoy, you know. But pretty much, pretty much Kirk and Spock, you know. And here it's it's really these three. Um, next gen. Maybe by the time you get into the movies, you only have time. So yeah, it was mostly Picard and Data. But in the show, we didn't experience that. You know, everybody got some time. But here, um, there's a lot of focus on these these core characters, and and that's that's okay. I, I'm just saying. Um, that's one of the things I was thinking about while I was watching. Um,
2: no, I totally agree. I was I was thinking that too. How Hoshi and um, Mayweather kind of got lost in this season. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. Yeah, thing, you'll see a yeah. scene. I mean, Hoshi uh, had one episode, I think, and I think we all agreed that wasn't a very good episode. Yeah, I,
0: I, I'm not sure it was such a crappy episode because of her. It was just no. a crappy story and a bad, you know, crappy writing and stuff. I hope that's not the kind of reason, but yeah, anyway. Um, uh, the, we're, because I am verbose even when I'm sick, how can I be that way? Um, I don't want us to lose... I, I want to make sure we talk here about the ethics of what Archer decides to do. Uh, I, I gotta say, I love that scene. It's shot very beautifully. Uh, when... Are they in his... His ready room? I don't remember. Uh, um, Archer and Phlox... And it's kind of all dark and and Archer tells him, I'm going to step over the line. Um, that's cool. But what we got to talk about is Archer stepping over the line. Um, so Archer decides to attack another vessel and steal their, uh, you know, warp injectors or something. Um... Leaving them three year journey from home, uh, very consciously. Um, he's lucky nobody died. I almost, boy, that sounds sadistic to say, I wish somebody had died, but I almost wish somebody had died because, you know, that would have been a better well, consequence kind of- than, because it's so easy to just forget, oh, yeah, we stranded those people. Do they ever even mention that again? They certainly don't go back and help them or anything. But if somebody had died, that's a consequence they would have had to live with for a while.
2: The, the one thing that I kind of noticed about it, it was you know as beat up as the Enterprise is, the transporter works very well. Yep. That well, that in this yeah.
0: episode, the <laughs> uh, gravity plating, those never go out, right? <laughs> you know, it's, for uh, a
2: for a for a very low tech transporter, it seemed very much like um, <laughs> next gen <laughs> tech in this episode.
0: Yep, yep. Um,
2: but you got to move the story along, right?
0: So did you guys think this was um, taking the character too far? Is it consistent with the rest of the season? Did you even remember this as being a big deal?
1: I remembered it, and, and but uh, no, I don't think it had quite the impact because we've seen this kind of, kind of, well, not quite this, but this kind of stuff this season, and it, it's old angry archer, you know that's I think it's tiresome. You know the whole edgy and you know carrying on, um, but I, I'm not surprised at this point in, the, in this in the season and what's going on. And and you know it's it, it's one of those deals that it's it's a fine line because what they're what they're doing is so huge. You know, basically working against racing against the clock to stop someone from destroying the whole their planet. That. Uh, I mean, I, you get. You, I can see the justification. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have. I almost. I can't help but think in his shoes, and you know, especially when you're not killing people, you know, and it's just doing something. Well, it's like, well, it looks like what we're gonna have to do is. Uh, but he is
0: death. taking the risk of of killing people. Do you see what I'm saying? Where yeah, I say I, I, I kind of wish
1: that there had been greater consequences right. for this. Right, so it would seem like a bigger deal. Yeah.
2: Um. You, you know, I didn't have. I mean, it's. You know, it's definitely crossing the line. I really. I like you, Brian. I enjoyed the scene with him and Flocks and his. Um, and his quarters. Um, I think they probably. He didn't. I. You know, after his conversation with DePaul, I don't think he needed. I don't think they needed to have the scene with him and Tucker, and then the scene with him and Reed. You know, screaming. I've made my decision. I think they could have. Cut the. I didn't. We didn't need a repeat of everybody questioning him and him yelling yeah. at him that he's made it. I'm his not decision. sure.
0: I'm not sure I agree with that. I, you well, know, because that's at least that's I, at least reminding us that everybody is like
2: taking well, a well. I think bad. it would have been better off just instead of repeating that three times, um, just having one scene with everybody and him explaining and then mm-hmm, you know, that's kind of like a ready, kind of like a ready room scene where everybody voices their opinion and then, um, and then, you're and then he ignores
0: them. Um, <laughs> I wish that, t- that like all the power of to argument was taken away because oh she's just on drugs. I kind of <laughs> wish that hadn't been the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even 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 Archer who doesn't know she's on drugs, but just she just says, well I haven't meditated in a while, and then he's like, oh well maybe you should do that because clearly that's the only reason that you're telling me I shouldn't fire upon this uh,
1: peaceful <laughs> vessel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's almost like the stoned buddy being the voice of reason, and it's, okay, well you know you're gonna lose the. Yeah, I, th- I think that um, I think the thing is, and this is interesting. I, I don't know if you guys listened to the there was a, uh, a commentary on the second of these three episodes, and I know we're talking about the first one, but they they kind of they don't directly say this. It's it's uh, Connor Turnier and a uh, writer, a couple of writers, I believe, and uh, but they they comment on the whole angry archer thing a little bit and how. You know, as cool as Scott Bakula is, and how likable he is, and how many good things he brings to the show, I think part of the problem with some of this stuff is sort- somehow you, you have trouble buying, yeah, super angry, mean, weird Archer. And so whenever it comes up, it almost it seems a little forced or something. You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly how I felt at the time. He's um...
2: there's a there's a scene in E2 where he's talking to the um the cat the the future captain, and he takes these really Hardcore steps towards him while mm. saying, "I'm not. I'm just like, dude. Yeah, come on, you know."
0: <laughs> well, he's just such a For- clean cut. He's such a clean cut guy, you know, and um, wholesome. It, it, it's it's a, it's a it's a hard pill to swallow. And I remember, I will say, I talked about this before we started season three. Like, I all I remember was angry Archer and hating it and getting really sick of it. It's not bothering me as much this time, and maybe it's just because we're watching, you know, an episode and a half a week mm-hmm. on average or whatever. Uh, maybe it's whenever you like try to binge season three that you, that it's too much. Um, well, no, because I, I remember feeling that way when it originally aired, and that was even <laughs> over a longer period of time. Well, so at any rate, it's not bothering me as much this time, so that's you know that's been good, I guess.
2: Well, they, like I was mentioning before, you know, you kind of like. I see what you're saying. You know, you should have crew members questioning this and that kind of thing, but it just kind of felt like the same scene three straight times. Um, the other thing, I, uh, so, you know, him getting angry at the end. And I don't uh,
0: remember enough, and maybe we're going to get to this. I don't remember a lot of consequence. I mean, I remember an episode near the beginning of season four, I think it involved the NXO2 and the other captain or something. That was a little bit of a, of, maybe a little bit of that. But there's nothing like next gen's family, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's never anything like that where we, we go back and, and feel the weight of um, some of these these just awful decisions. And I think that that would have softened the blow, especially in a show that we're now trying to establish as serial. You know, it's fair to do these things. It's fair to uh, expect these things. Alright, so do you guys like this episode? I did. I like this episode.
1: Yeah, I like it fine. Mm. It's
0: hard to imagine just watching this one by itself. Right, right. a little bit like watching Empire Strikes Back by itself. It doesn't matter if it's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, real fast, what's damage about? Because we're going over on this episode. What's it about?
2: Well, ethics, you know, you have a obviously, you know, Archer crossing the line here, you know, um, seriously crossing the line and, you know, potentially, you know, causing great harm to these, um, people, you know, who are going to have to journey three years back and...
0: The ends justify the means in this case?
2: Um, well, that's the argument. That's what we're getting at. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, T'Pol makes the argument that you can't, um, you can't veer away from your morals when it's, when it's, even when it's hard, you know, and that's... Do the ends justify the means?
1: Well, I think it's also interesting you tie in the whole to Paul and the um, addiction thing too, or try to. It's a little bit of what, what this whole, uh, what this whole uh, incident issue, the, this whole season, and what their their mission is, the toll it's taking in various forms. You know, you have um, obviously what indirectly what to Paul had to. What she felt she had to resort to to cope in a way. You have the um, what's what Archer, the decisions he's making, and is the what he normally wouldn't be doing, you know, if it weren't for the stakes and so high. So it's kind of a a little bit about desperation and uh, unusual circumstances and what they can cause people to do, too, I think.
0: Let's do six degrees for damage. Um, Adam, you going first or second? Um, I'll go first. Casey Biggs plays the Illyrian <clears throat> captain that Archer decides to violate hmm. whose ship he violates. Hmm. His best-known Trek role is as, of course, Damar the Cardassian on DS9. In what season of DS9 did Damar first appear? I'll give you a hint. It was between seasons 1 and 7.
2: Oh, damn. I was going to say 8. Son of a gun. <laughs> um, I'm going to say season 3.
0: No... I don't know is this is this one i should give steve a shot at or no yeah, go for it all right steve is it four yep season four steve how many times did he play demar was it 13 23 or 33 just regular old demar no weirdness no holograms or whatever mm. it um uh, t- uh 23
1: you are correct it was 23 steve has two moving on <laughs> The Forgotten, Season 3, Episode 20, Production Number 320. Original air date April 28, 2004. Directed by LeVar Burton. Written by Chris Black and David A. Goodman. Music composed by Paul Ballergen. Guest cast include Randy Oglesby as Degra, Rick Worthy as Janar, Bob Morrissey as Indy Reptilian, Captain, Seth McFarlane as Engineer, and Kipley Brown as Taylor. <laughs>
2: Captain Archer directs Enterprise to rendezvous with Degra. He also orders Commander Tucker to write a letter to the parents of Jane Taylor, a member of his engineering team who died in a recent battle. Subcommander DePaul di- discusses with Dr. Phlox the consequences of her Torellium addiction and is troubled when he tells her the damage to her ability to c- control emotions may be permanent. The precise date
1: hasn't been determined yet. Weeks? Days? That's up to the Council. I'm trying to help you, but I need to know my world isn't being destroyed while I'm doing it. The weapon won't be launched for several days. Show us your proof,
2: and we'll do what we can to stop it.
0: The Forgotten. Uh, this episode asks a question, and we'll get to what it's about later, but I just got to say right off the bat it asks a question that I'd never considered before, and that is can you do a who's that guy if they're CG people? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> yeah. Could it be who's that
2: phantom? I guess. Uh, all right.
1: The bad no. animators or something. I mean, that's <laughs> going on. You know, it's like. Steve, why don't you start something forgotten? All right. Well, I I really like this episode. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely got heart and feeling, and it's saying something, and you know, it's focusing on a character. I, I think it's interesting. On one hand. I, I, kind of found that, you know, I felt like, well, okay, haven't we dealt with trip and his sister already? You know, that's early on and that should be over by now, but in a way, you know, they get, they get so busy and caught up in their, uh, caught up in the mission that it's never really dealt with in his mind. So we see, um, how it's weighing on him. And I like the moments he has with, uh, uh, to and their conversations and they, how, well, you know, they have good chemistry and so on. And, um, Anyway, and it's also an interesting continuation of the arc, and keeps keeps that larger story moving too. So I, I enjoyed this episode.
0: Adam, some of your first thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I, I I think I was a little bit um, confused in the first half of the episode why um, why he was so stressed about writing a letter, A letter, obviously, you know the ships falling apart, you know, his first priority is kind of just to get the ship back together and then he can ride a leather, but it kind of, it came clear in the second half, you know, he was about him dealing with his, um, sister's grief and finally coming to some, some terms with that about the loss of, of his family member, his, his close sister, you know, and then, and a lot of that came out in the anger that he had towards Degra. Um, I think that kind of helped bring out that anger and bring that back how, um, upset he was, you know, in the first, um, you know, four or five episodes of this season, so um, yeah, I'd agree with Steve. It was a good um good storyline for Tucker in this episode.
0: I like the uh, the archer stuff too, you know Archer we have a series of of scenes with him convincing uh Degro and his bro degra and his bro and what's his bro's name? I don't remember um what is it Harry Harry yeah
1: could be. <laughs> Was is it Scott? And- is it Jannar or is that somebody else? Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, it was, I was the, Scott the Darlene cast Darlene here. Right, here,
0: right? Yeah. Um I like that. I like those scenes. I like um um oh, see, look, I was just about to confuse this. It was the previous episode where they had uh uh future girl, the sphere builder,
1: right? Mm, yes. Yeah, yes. we didn't
0: we didn't mention that. But um anyway, I like these little rogue Zindi. Yeah, whatever you want to call them, um, but I like these scenes here where Archer's taking you know taking them through his ship and showing them different things, and the bits with um with Trip and Degra. Um, you know it, it works. It, it's it's you understand. Uh, the only thing here that I thought maybe didn't work so well was uh, when he has his dream and he sees the dead crew person because she's little. I don't know that that falls a little flat, but that's one tiny little thing. Hmm. Um, like when, by the time it gets to the end and he's actually composing that letter, you know, it's it's emotional. I felt it. I did. If I felt it. Um, but it's also an, another interesting thing here that we get a little bit of is just this idea of of Archer striking an alliance with literally the guy that built the weapon that hmm. killed seven million humans. Um, and archer being put in a position where he has to shut down trip for saying these things to him and you understand both of them completely yeah um, and that's that's interesting uh position for them to both be in and, uh, um, and you know there's no right or wrong here um, so it, you know it's 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 they're they're good story bits and good Character bits, um, and there's not a, not. We were just talking about you know some of the angry archer stuff that we don't care for, but this is this is archer that I like. You know, this is pac, a passionate bacula that's that I buy. That I have no problem ever buying. Um, so I like this episode. I like it a lot, and and it does still feel like. It feels like its own episode. I can kind of tell you what's happening here. I know this is the one where, you know, he's showing them around and Tripp's dealing with the loss of his sister. But it's extremely serialized. Um, so I'm confusing some of the details, like the sphere builder, but, uh, <laughs> you know, this is this is still kind of the...
2: <clears throat> well, we could talk about it because that's what basically leads Degra into this episode was... Um you know, the mistrust of um, the spear builder from the previous episode um, leads him to, to reach out to um, Archer and see his evidence and hear him out.
0: Well, did you feel like all of this stuff between that and, and Archer's evidence and everything um- – I almost felt like it was going just a smidge too far for Degra to then destroy a reptilian vessel. I mean, literally in one hmm. scene, he's saying to Archer, you're asking me to betray my own. And then the next episode, he's he does a lot more <laughs> to betray his own. Yeah. He kill, kills them. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, do you think that was necessary for to have them have a reptilian ship show up? Or was that I just to they, make the point? To, that he I was, think they did uh, it
0: mostly because Degra's going to get some serious consequences to this. Mm-hmm. I re- I remember like the reptilians um don't let this go later. Um so I think that is more of the reason than anything else. Um so for future reasons I understand why it happened. I'm just saying it felt it felt um maybe went a little too far, uh a little too fast, especially given what he said in literally the previous scene. But that's a minor that's a minor thing. It doesn't really hold the episode back much for me. Um yeah, it's mostly um, Connor is just a damn good actor. Um, I like the scene between him and um, DePaul. You know where she like doesn't exactly embrace him, but she does like reach physically reach out right when he's talking. When mm-hmm. He's kind of crying over his sister, and it's the first time you see him. Yeah, and you know I, dealing with this stuff about his sister, like you guys said, we it seemed like he kind of dealt with it, but you realize when you see this, oh no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reminded of. Gosh, when was that? Much earlier in the season when he says to read, mm-hmm. you know, she was just like everybody else. And, you know, um, you know, she I was just a big time. Yeah. Um, it it all that stuff gives this more weight. So I guess my point is dealing with it later in the season is has made it more effective for me. Um, if they had if they had just dealt with it and it was done earlier in the season, um, it just wouldn't have been as emotional um, or in a way believable because nobody would get over their death of their sister that fast. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it works. It works well. It works well because they waited. It works well because they deal with it appropriately. And it works well because Connor's a great actor. Mm-hmm. So I like this episode. I like this episode a lot. I wish they were all like this one in the previous one. <laughs> 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 Um what's this episode about?
2: Um, coming to terms with grief loss. Finding out who your real enemies are, I guess, with um working with Degra. Because we learned a lot about Degra in the in the previous episode where um Archer had him, you know, was playing make believe with him on the shuttle, and you know, we found out that he's not this evil m- murderous person henchman that, you know, he, he's he been misled and, you know, he he's not a bad guy. He just was misled by bad people. Um,
1: yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, if you try to tie in the, again, the, the major points of this episode, you, yeah, you have Trip and dealing with, uh, you know, the loss of his sister finally and dealing with grief, but it also kind of in a larger sense, this whole as you alluded to earlier, the, uh, with, uh, with Archer and, uh, having to negotiate and work with the guy that made the weapon, you know, real life is ambiguous. And sometimes you have to just, you have to deal with things in unexpected ways and at unexpected times to get by and to, to make things work. You know, the, you know, dealing with, uh, dealing with loss, dealing with grief, dealing with emotions and, and making things, uh, work, um, you know, it's, it's not something you can predict how it's going to happen. You know, sometimes you have to improvise and do things in, a, in their own time, you know.
2: And, you know, where we see Tucker, you know, having to, you know, kind of coming to terms with his emotions towards his sister on the, you know, DePaul's on the very other side where she's just beginning to have to deal with um, the emotions that she's going to have to deal with for the rest of her life. Yeah, Flux tells
0: her that she may have to learn to live with these forever. So so they're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. She's going to know for sure by the next one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If only she was a CG person, she wouldn't have any problem
1: Mm -hmm, (laughs) dealing mm -hmm.
0: with her emotions. Right. All right, let's do Six Degrees for The Forgotten. Uh, Steve has two. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Seth MacFarlane makes a little cameo as Rivers. Seth is a big Trek fan, but he's famous for creating what TV show?
1: Oh, um, Family Guy?
0: Yep. Adam Bob Morsey plays the reptilian captain that should have known better than to mess with Degra because he killed him. In Enterprise's second season, he played the Vulcan Strom in Enterprise's HIV allegory. Name the episode in which T'Pol tries to get past Vulcan misconceptions.
2: I have no idea.
0: They just couldn't let it go. Just stuck.
2: Stuck on letting it go? I don't know. Nope.
0: Nope. <laughs> Steve? <laughs>
1: um, was it Stigma? You're correct, it was Stigma? Steve has four. Moving on. E squared, season three, episode twenty-one, production number three twenty-one, original air date May fifth, two thousand four. Directed by Roxanne Dawson, written by Michael Sussman, music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Randy Oglesby as Degra, Tucker Smallwood as Indy Primate, Rick Worthy as Janar, Tess Lena as Karen Archer, David Andrews as Lorian, Tom Shanley as Greer, and Steve Truitt as Crewman One.
2: Enterprise is approaching a nebula containing a subspace corridor defended by Corellian vessels. Suddenly, an older yet enhanced copy of Enterprise appears, captained by a half Vulcan man named Loren, who explains that after entering the corridor, it will destabilize, causing Captain Archer's Enterprise to travel 117 years into the past. Confronted with this situation and not wanting to contaminate Earth's timeline, it then turns itself into a generational ship to reawait the Zindi crisis. You can't take your ship into the subspace corridor. If you do, it'll be thrown back in time 117 years. How would you know
0: that? Because it's already happened. We're here to make certain that history doesn't repeat itself. E-squared this is not a bad episode. I'm not saying this is a terrible episode. If this had been, you know, next to some of the bad episodes from season three or earlier, I would have thought it was okay, but maybe it's just me. You know, it's one of those times where it, it, it's, it's imperfections and flaws are made much brighter. Uh, when standing next to the last couple episodes, which I thought were, Smart and plausible and character-based. Uh, our main characters, and if anything, you know, this one has some problems. Uh, this one has this one has issues where it's like, maybe if there were other things good, I wouldn't think this. But for example, you know, Enterprise shows up and hails Enterprise, and hey, we're your uh, we're your descendants, and nobody says WTF. I mean, there's no like, <laughs> are they just that used to all this nutty craziness? It's like. All right. Okay. All right. You know, <laughs> it's nuts. It's really crazy, uh, and it's not treated that way at all. Um, very quickly, it's like, cool. Well, let's just help each other out and let's get back to the mission. All right. Good idea. Um, that's that's silly. Um, and uh, well, I should I always I should always try to talk about the things I like first. So I like the scene with we were just talking about you know Hoshi Mayweather don't have much Reed doesn't have much um um I like that little scene with Hoshi Mayweather and Reed yeah. where they're all like who did you mate with who did, oh, did mm-hmm. you you know that that's that's a scene I'm not sure I've seen before really maybe a little bit in the sign episode but uh, and then little, it's got like sad bit. Decks. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh that's bad mm-hmm. um uh and then there's a little little sad bit there where Reed's like yeah I, I didn't end up with anybody you are like oh mm-hmm. And they don't—they don't like—they don't like, like trying to make it feel better.
1: Right. You know, she's just like, "Well, that was inevitable." Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But, this could change Reed's life. You know, I mean, he could like, "I'm—I need to get out, come out of my shell, or whatever, you know, or something." I mean, it's. Yeah, there it was a shot then when he's of him trying to yeah. invite
0: that woman to sit down. Yes. Of course, they could have really been mean and had her say, "No, thanks," and walk away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Sticking the knife in and turning it around. Um, yeah, well, um, the bits with uh, old Tapal, they 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 work, you know. Um, I don't think I ever had that—the feeling of, O.M.G. Like maybe they expected me to, um, but no. I mean that stuff basically works. Uh, the character stuff with her definitely works. You know, we see her do her pseudo embrace thing of Archer. She calls him Jonathan. She like she doesn't hug him, but she puts her her like hands on his arms or something. You know, mm-hmm. this this more evolved and wise wisdom. That's the that's the word I'm looking for. You know, the the wisdom that she has acquired. <sighs> um, well, we I like the scene. I essentially, I mean, I I like the the. The dialogue, at least, for sure. You know, I like the, the writing of the scene when T'Pol visits T'Pol near the end there. Um, and again, I think I was talking about this in a previous episode in this podcast, but this idea that she, she is inspiring um, the younger T'Pol to explore uh, these feelings that she might not just emotions in general, but emotions about a trip specifically. I know um, this weird convoluted thing is the only is one of the things that makes you believe, okay, okay, I can see how she would she might have start to question some of these these uh, Vulcan preconceptions she's had her entire life. And not just preconceptions. I mean these are these are this is this is the way, this is what being Vulcan means. And she's gotta question some of these things. Um so there are those are the things that that I enjoy. Um, I also think it's funny that like Flocks is apparently the one who came up with a way for humans and falcons to mate. Does that mean Flocks somehow helped conceive Spock? Maybe yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's kind of weird. Um, so you know, there's definitely some interesting things, uh, but there's just too many things that are either silly or. I actually wrote in my notes, um, "Ugh," whenever. Uh, Alternate Enterprise Captain Lorien decides he has to steal injectors from the Enterprise. Yeah. All of a sudden, you I mean? It's like, where did that come from? All of a sudden, now you're going to attack what? You know? And then they the ships actually end up shooting at each other, and it's like, I wrote down this is stupid when <laughs> they started shooting at each other. I mean, it was kind of um, stupid. So yeah, I didn't care. For that that's when that that that's the point. whenever he's like, all right, we have to steal the injectors from Enterprise, and they, they won't be able to go to warp but we have to do that so that we can wait what that's when i that's when it lost me completely and from then on to the end i just i was done with it um so that's my many minute um uh yeah, opening for <laughs> squared you guys uh adam um,
2: yeah yeah i found the, the episode was entertaining it reminded me of the ds9 episode where they um where they kind of go back and I, yes. I can't recall the name of the episode, but children of you know, time, children of time reminded me a little bit of that one. It wasn't as good. I think we could both agree on that. Um, I agree with you on, you know, the conflict that kind of happened at the end where they they had to fight each other and they're like, well, we both seem to be evenly matched. Well, you know, you're kind of the same ship. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It kind of felt forced. It felt a little bit forced to me. I think maybe they could have made some other choices there to kind of resolve that conflict. I don't know, they they had to move it, I guess they had to fill some time and, you know, add some drama and move the story forward. But, you know, never for a second did, did I think that Lorian was going to leave um, Archer's Enterprise stranded there. So, I don't know, I, 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 I would agree with you there, Brian. But he,
0: but he would have, had Archer not outsmarted him by beaming away those. Um,
2: right, no, I believe you, but I'm... Thanks. And as far as, you know, that that was never going to happen as far as writing is concerned. They weren't going to do that in the episode is what I'm saying.
0: Um, oh, now that, that would have been a bold choice. Yes. Like, see, <laughs> and then the rest of the season was following the alternate Enterprise and Laurie. <laughs> oh, Lord, there to... you
2: go. <laughs> old Paul. Try to stop Zindi. <laughs> um, I agree. I like the scene with Tucker and DePaul where they finally actually kind of yeah, start like, talking maybe, about every,
0: every episode, they, for like two minutes, they just cut back to Archer's Enterprise and they're all just kind of sitting around.
2: <laughs> Hanging out. <laughs> Doing nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: They could go find the vessel where they stole the, the warp core for and from, and they could travel back together. Um, I like the scenes with DePaul and T- Tucker where they finally started kind of resolving some of the, you know, because they, they got it on. And so they finally kind of start talking about that and they have their little argument. And that's what leads DePaul to kind of finally go talk to, to Paul.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'm in agreement with what what scenes were what, were good and and what was cool and stuff in this episode. It just felt like, in a lot of ways, it felt like kind of a greatest hits of time travel scenario things we've seen in other Star Trek, Star Trek series. Other, and, yeah, there there
0: wasn't there wasn't anything in here that felt um, original.
1: Right. So it's, it's, this is not novel. It's just a, it's just putting together a whole lot of elements we've seen in other things. And because they drop it in, it's almost like a filler. It's like, we need something else and we need one more time travel one thrown in here or something, you know? And, and then, so here we go. And they just mix it all up. Here we get this episode, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I think that because of the, The writing's not bad and the performances are good and this kind of stuff, that it's not awful because of that. It's just, you know, stacked against this and all the other episodes around it in the season. It's just kind of like, okay, here we go with this kind of thing. And, you know, it doesn't do much for me.
2: You know, they have, I didn't, you know, if you're the Larry and the captain, wouldn't you like write about the time? before the attack you at least warn earth that they're going to be attacked or was that still messing with the timelines is- did they do that so he- yeah i
1: mean yeah that doesn't yeah the whole th- scenario doesn't <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make a great deal of sense. I know why they have to do it like they do it, but yeah, they couldn't do anything. You know, it's kind of like, oh, we messed that up. Um, you, know, you know, I don't like, know
2: but whatever. Um, a month before the attack, they at least warn them, like, hey, you're going to be attacked in a month, and you know, <laughs> guys from you know 170 or 117 years ago,
1: for this for a hundred years. And, yeah. I mean, would that have really
2: messed with the timeline that much? Yeah, but then you wouldn't have, yeah, a, it, you, wouldn't have you wouldn't have season three. Right, right? what yeah, would be yeah. talking about?
0: Just the idea that this that this ship would be, you know, stocked and flying around 117 years later is kind of...
2: Yeah, they do have to find a planet. It's not that big a ship to be kind of a generational ship.
0: That's one of the things, like, in, in the DS9 and children of time, it was a lot more believable. They started a whole community on, on a, a planet. planet. Yeah. yeah, a colony on a planet. Yeah, That, I could see, but 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 this ship is going to stick around? Love that one. That's hard to imagine.
2: What are do you doing? <clears throat> are they exploring? What are they doing? You know that helps it.
0: They're spending a century Hiding. planning to stop the probe. Then, and then they fail. That would kind of suck. You know, to have like a like hundred years because you got to think you'd be like, oh man, we got a hundred years. You know what? Today, let's just play video games because we got a hundred <laughs> years. Tomorrow, we're gonna start on this plan. You know, and then the next day, you'd be like, we still have like. Hundred years, we're just like, two days less. I think we can. I think we can spend another day just hanging out by the pool or whatever, you know. And then eventually, you'd be like, "Crap, it's like next week," you know. Because mm-hmm. that's what happens when you just have too much time on your hands.
1: And then they choke. It's like the biggest choke ever. Exactly. Exactly. That's what happened.
0: Whoops! Seven million people are dead. God dang it!
2: I know. I know this is kind of funny, but I kind of thought. His ears were overly big for Vulcan ears.
0: Yeah, shouldn't it have been the opposite? if he's mm-hmm. yeah. the catch, it Should have been Yeah, uh, his right. his
2: ears were much larger than DePaul's ears. I'm like, wow. I know it's a minor thing. Piling on now.
0: Yeah. So I don't hate this episode. It's not terrible. Um, it's just after the other two, it's it's disappointing. You know, when you see something like the last two, you're like, "Oh, cereal!" This was not just because cereal, but good stuff. You know, is this a trend? And then, nope, nope, nope. nope. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I like the actor that played Lorian, but I'm not sure that he had. I'm not sure he was right for this part. Really, exactly, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was the writing. I don't know. Um, but you know, it's it's always hard. You know, like the big the big dramatic the big dramatic moment in this episode is is the guest star making this decision to stand down you know yeah so, Like, well, I, you know yeah he's cool and all but I don't really care about him I'm sure. I, you know he's not he's not Archer he's not any of our main characters he's not an, an Enterprise person Um, I don't know uh, what's this episode about?
2: When I started kind of looking at, I mean, you know, it, it kind of goes back to, for me, you know, it goes back to DePaul, to, veal, to dealing with your remote. You know, she comes to terms with the fact that she's going to have to deal with um, these new emotions. Maybe not deal isn't the right word, but have to learn to live with them and learn to accept them. Um, so maybe kind of acceptance that you don't have control over everything, because, you know, this this future past enterprise, you know, that his. Lorian, you know, they weren't able, even though they knew all this stuff, they weren't able to control the outcome. Kind of what I got from it.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it was kind of hard for me to coalesce some concrete thing it's about. I, I do think that in these, these weird situations, I mean, situations, that's how weird, that's how often it comes up, it seems to come up and, and trek things now and then, this notion of a future self or possibilities or who knows. But uh, there's something powerful about seeing at least a manifestation, a possibility of what your future is, you know. So, I mean, I think most people go through life and you just kinda you don't you, you make plans, you you work things out, but you're not constantly thinking, okay, here's how I envision me in fifty years or whatever else. And then when you're you're faced with that kind of here in your face is a possible Outcome of your life, you know, it, it adds some kind of a different kind of perspective. In some ways, it adds gravity to it. In other ways, it, I think it it creates this, um, you know, just show, it gives you perspective and shows you just how small you are in the big picture. I think, but also how influential you can be for the future. You know,
0: yeah, I don't know how much it was explored here, but I like this idea of you know, what would you ask hundred year old uh, you? Mm-hmm. If you,
1: could, sure. yeah. you know, yeah.
0: Um, I'm I'm not sure what the answer to that question is, but it's an interesting. Um, hypothetical,
1: yeah.
0: right? It's telling about, you know, what's important to you and and what you're spending your time on, and yeah, is it going to matter? You know, what's yeah. important today? Am I focusing on the wrong things? You know, um, I don't really think that's what this episode did, but I, you know, that's that's an interesting uh, question. All right. Let's do six degrees for E squared. Uh, Adam, Steve's up a little bit on you right now. So do you want the episode title question or this episode season question? Gosh, well, like all my questions today. I'm sorry. I'll do a better job next time. All my questions were well, that kind of question. I usually try to only do one or two of those, and then the rest are more like what happened in an episode. But anyway, uh, do you want the title or do you want the season number question?
2: Um, I'll do the season number.
0: Steve? Steve? Little David Moore plays the International Inter- Enterprise's Denobulin descendant kid that likes to play ball in the corridors. He also was one of the little boys in school in the Western episode from earlier this season.
1: Name it. Mm. Yeah. Um. Gosh.
0: You gotta look to the heavens.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's not coming to me.
0: Adam? Um. Is that North Star? You are correct. Mm. Adam, this story is very similar to a DS9 episode called Children of Time. Was that season three, four, or five? Five. You are correct. Look at that. What a comeback. <laughs>
2: yeah, I still right. lost. Loss
0: is a loss. Uh, that's true. You did. I want to do a really quick report on... um I went to the... uh that Star Trek orchestral tour thing. I think it's Star Trek, the ultimate tour. Is that what it's called? Co- no, the ultimate voyage, right? Star Trek, the ultimate voyage. So I went to that. I actually did it like the day after our last podcast. So where was that last week? Gosh, my weeks are so messed up anyway. Um, and it was pretty cool. it uh, I was, I was very happy with the music selections that they made. Um, you know, they had, they had, you know the main themes from from all the movies. They had sections from all the movies. Well, I mean, like Star Trek two, so they didn't really do Star Trek three because that's similar themes. But you, you know, um, but they did have that those moments. Pretty much every single piece they played had video accompaniment. I didn't necessarily need that, but it was cool. Um, it was really nice. I don't know. I'm assuming this isn't something they do everywhere, but being in LA, of course, the composers of a lot of these pieces. They live here. So, um, they had, you know, guest conductors for select pieces. And like the generation score is some of my favorite Star Trek music ever. Maybe second only to Jerry Goldsmith's motion picture stuff and James Horner Star Trek two, three, but obviously those composers are no longer with us. But getting to see Dennis McCarthy come up and conduct kind of a suite from generations was incredible that was one of the greatest star trek kind of like things i've ever experienced it was amazing that was really really awesome it was funny like the whole thing was over two hours there was only i mean i know star Trek music pretty darn well but there was one piece they had ron jones come up and guest conduct a piece and i was like wait a minute I don't know what the I mean, this sounds like some of the music he did for next gen, but I don't recognize this. How do I not, how is there music that I'm, I don't know what this is. It was so weird. I really just thought this is music from an episode that I don't remember somehow. And then I looked at the program afterward and it was something he had written for like a Star Trek video game <laughs> that I never played. Um, but, um, what the coolest thing they did was for each series for, mostly it was playing a piece and then there would be like a video montage. Um, Oh, they did have like people that were in the shows. Like there were some actors and actresses. They had them stand up stuff. They also had like anybody working on the new show stand up. there were some people set up like, oh God, they're making a Star Trek show right now. That guy isn't working on a show. <laughs> um, but they did have a section where for each series they did a scene, like they had the scene play just it wasn't a montage. They just played the scene in its entirety. And they just had, you know, it was dialogue only up on the screen. and Then they played the underscore, um, and th- not for movies. They did this once for each series. For the original series, they did um, uh, the risk is our business bit. Um, I don't remember what each one was, but they were all they were all cool. Actually, the uh, the Enterprise one, since we're doing Enterprise right now, the Enterprise one was. Um, uh, Mayweather and telling Archer about his dad, like right after they find out that his dad had died. You know, Ar- Archer comes to down next to him that episode, and it was, it was like, wow, this is, this is really great. You know, school underscore here, this is really good music. And I, you know, it was, it was the first time I realized, re- realized that, really um, appreciated some of the Enterprise music in a way that I haven't some of the other series. But it, it just as good, just as good, really good stuff. Um, The Voyager one was, uh, Janeway giving a speech as everybody's, you know, this, the, uh, the episodes where the Voyager is shot to hell and and two box blind and all that stuff. So anyway, um, it was actually pretty darn cool. Um. And it was it was worth the uh, the money and the time. And if that remotely sounds interesting to you, then you would you would enjoy it. You know, it's not the it it's obviously a big production. They had Michael Dorn a recording of Michael Dorn and kind of a theme that he would be speaking between pieces. And um, you know, a lot of time and effort and money went into creating this thing. And it's not the kind of thing that comes along frequently. You know, they're they're definitely billing it like it's a fiftieth anniversary celebration. So. Anyway, so that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Um, you guys doing all right? Anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so, no. No?
2: All right. Well, okay, cool. Was, real quick, I was closing some. I found this interesting. I was closing some of my stuff out while we were talking. Um, Damage is the was the lowest viewed episode up until this point, which is surprising because it was kind of a cliffhanger from Atazi Prime. I don't know. Interesting. Oh, Go the,
0: ahead. the resolution of the cliffhanger of Azadi Prime,
2: yeah. it, yeah. Mm. It was um two point eight. That's the lowest number yeah. of viewers up to up to this point in Enterprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, just thought that was I thought that, that was surprising me since it was a cliffhanger episode that it dropped. It mm. dropped like a million. It dropped like a million viewers between Azadi and Damage.
0: See, so that that was the problem. That was the story of Enterprise. You know, losing viewers during the bad stuff. And you know they start turning the ship around, but it's it's too late. You, they're once they're gone, they're not coming back and trying it again.
2: So yeah, I've never looked at these. These was pretty interesting. So that their height, they had twelve point five million. That was for, oh,
0: that was like the beginning of the series.
2: Yeah, this broken bow, and by the time fourth season, which is pretty good, I think the lowest one was two point five million, and that was for. Babel one. We'll talk about that in a few months.
0: But their average was more like four ish, something like that, maybe five, maybe. Eh.
2: Not not but, in four. Not in season <coughs> four. They never got above three I in mean, season four. They but never got above as,
1: four.
0: As many people have pointed out, by today's standards, uh, like That's a cable good. show, that would be those would be great ratings. They would've they would have kept making the show. Yeah. Uh, but network ratings, especially once the 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 power is running um, well, UPN or whatever—you know—once once all those people changed and they didn't care for it enough, the numbers weren't enough to keep it going. If they didn't care, right? Um, but again, yeah, like a cable channel—I don't know—something on, on AMC or something. Those would be, yeah, great. Keep see it going. Numbers. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I they may not even tell us the numbers. Who knows? For the the new show, since it's going to be CBS because digital exclusive, you, you got to assume the numbers are going to be low um in this country just because of the you know only being on cbs digital um and they're not going to want to publicize that necessarily so unless they're just the most amazing numbers in the history of amazing numbers which is not what's going to happen i'm kind of thinking maybe they just won't even tell us maybe i don't know we'll see but it is exciting you know this is April and the new show starts in January, and it's like I think it's really going to start in January. Did you guys hear that thing about the reason it's starting in January? I think it was investors. Somebody said their deal with Paramount, CBS's deal with Paramount. Paramount wanted six months between Beyond and the new show mm-hmm. because they don't want anybody to be confused, which is stupid, but fine. But that just tells you know they're they're geared up, they're ready, they're that show is going to like premiere as soon as they can, and they've already pre-sold it. I think I read that they've already they've already paid for the show just in foreign pre-sales or something, which is nuts. Um, so by the time they start making the show, it's all gravy.
2: <laughs> i got a question, Brian. You Maybe you can answer it for me. because um, Are they going to... Re- so on the stream side, are they going to release the show all at once? Or is it going to be weekly? Uh, well? They have
0: not said. The only thing they've officially said is that the first episode will be aired on network television. And then... After that, it's all CBS, all access or sure. whatever they call it, exclusive. Uh, but they have explicitly not stated if it's going to be all at once or one week at a time. I think everyone's assuming it's going to be one week at a time, for a variety of reasons. One, that's what CBS is used to doing. You know, they don't really have, they don't, well, the have, reason- they, they don't have experience otherwise. Two, it seems like it would be financially stupid because then you would pay your six bucks and watch the whole show and stop it sure. or whatever. But that hasn't helped so places like Netflix back because Netflix just has generated so much content. It's like, yeah, you can pay for one month and get all of House of Cards season whatever, but next month is Daredevil, so you're gonna want to keep it for another month, you know. Um so the reason seems- the reason
2: I was asking because um Showtime has started doing that. For what, started- what show? Um just um I've noticed like so when you go on for um what was it the I think it was the pirate. No, no, the new one that just came out. I saw the. It's called the Girlfriend Experience. I saw it when I was watching. I was actually watching Avengers, and that was their little um um advertisement for it in between. You watch, watch all the episodes on demand right now. And I think it just came mm-hmm. out. Well, maybe that's maybe that's, that they're that's,
0: a, that's something lock. they're trying. It's a, a new thing then, because it's a new show. Because they most of their shows are not. Their big shows are not like that. Shameless is one week at a time. Um. Um. The Lee Schreiber show. Oh, maybe whatever it's called. on Stars. I don't thing. know.
2: I can I. I was watching Avengers, so it had to be on Stars. So.
0: Uh, okay. Well. Yeah. Stars is different. So Showtime. No. But okay. Um. Uh. Yes, Steve. We are still recording. <laughs> um. Okay. So that was that. That's Steve's way of saying. I gotta so go to bed.
2: <laughs>
0: uh. Okay. So. Folks, uh, thanks for indulging our um, overly long episode. We're excited because in two weeks we are going to finish out Enterprise's third season. Which means two weeks after that, we're starting season four, which makes us that much closer um, to some of the episodes I remember loving the most. It makes us that much closer to Star Trek Beyond in July. It makes us that much closer to the original series and the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Um, which we're very excited about and I'm very excited about and once again I am going to be at um, the creation show in Vegas in August if any of our listeners are going to be there give me a shout out because uh, after the first couple of days I'm going to be by my all by myself so uh, if any of our listeners are going to be there let me know um, okay so thanks again for spending an hour with us uh, and until next time make the world a better place and take it easy bye guys see ya
2: I passed it.